Hello, this is Jaro Starek, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Dan Fagella, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu master turned online internet marketer. Let the journey begin. Hi, my name is Yara Star, professional blogger, lifestyle entrepreneur, and extremely experienced cafe writer. I'm here to share stories from other entrepreneurs with you, to inspire you, to give you real tactics and techniques you can apply to your online business, and basically to tell amazing stories about other people having huge success with their online and sometimes offline business. Today's guest is Dan Fagella, who delivered an amazing interview for me. I have to say it was one of the most exciting interviews I've done recently. It actually went for over an hour and 15 minutes. So you're going to have to stick with me on this rather long journey as we go through Dan's background leading up to what he does today, which is run three different businesses. But the main one we focus on is his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training online business, which has a really successful internet marketing funnel behind it. He's really taken the extra steps to not only build an audience and sell training products, but to really segment his audience using some clever email marketing and autoresponder techniques that most people don't go to the trouble of doing. One of the most amazing things you should listen into this interview is about how he does what he calls scooping the bucket, which basically means he's going to the people in his email system that haven't responded, that haven't purchased products, and he actually gets them to become customers by doing some very clever tailored email marketing. But before I press play on that interview, I have to invite you to my EJ Insider exclusive interviews club. If you enjoy my interviews like this one with Dan or any of my free podcasts, then you're going to love the Insiders Club. This is a brand new exclusive series of interviews I've personally conducted which are not available anywhere else. They're with million dollar bloggers, email marketers, and internet marketers, people who've had huge success. I interview them, you get a brand new interview at least two per month, sometimes an extra surprise one. You get action plans that I've handwritten where I take out the leverage points from the people I interviewed that month and tell you how you can apply them so you get the same massive leverage in your online business. There's a bunch of other bonus interviews. Basically, it's an ongoing series of interviews that can keep you inspired, can keep you taking action so you never go short of having wonderful information to listen to on your iPad or on your in your car or wherever you listen to these fantastic interviews. To find out more about the EJ Insider Club, just go to ejinsider.com forward slash interviews. That's it. Let's get going with this fantastic interview with Dan. Here we go. Hello, this is Yara Stark and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey interview with a special guest. His name is Dan Fagella and I just realized I haven't asked how to pronounce that last name, but hopefully Dan, oh, I'm, I'm not butchering it. Fagella, okay, awesome. Uh, Dan is a mixed martial arts business owner and a national Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitor, but I brought him on the show because he's doing some great things selling information products in the space of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts. Uh, to the tune of about 45000 uh, in revenue last month as we record this. So fairly well-established information marketing business. So Dan is going to talk a bit about that and how he got into what he does and what he's doing currently. So Dan, thank you for joining me. 
Yes, Yaro, thanks for having me here. You're you're one of uh, six people that's pronounced my name right on the first go. So, <laughs> well, the double G is a bit tricky there. Double G, double L. You're it like, is. It Tim Ferriss there. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not easy. It's yeah. not easy for sure. So uh, we were connected through another one of my previous guests, Ian, who had a model train information product, and now we're getting yep. into the world of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, uh, the site that I've been looking at is a science of skill. It's an amazing looking website. I love to talk all about how you set that up, plus how you sell $45,000 worth of product, and there's a little bit of consulting in there too, but we got to go back in time because I'm assuming you had to become a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu expert and you know, develop that skill set and then develop your internet marketing skills. So can we, you know, were you a sporty kid going back or more entrepreneurial or a bit of both? Yeah. 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 Um, to be frank, I, I, I was, uh, I was not very, I wouldn't have called myself entrepreneurial in, in my youth at all. Uh, I, 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 I was basically, you know, I was into art and I was into, um, you know, wrestling around in the backyard and, and things like that and, and just sort of sports and things like that. Um, and it really didn't, didn't click for me that I should get into business until I started really associating financial independence with a lot of my other goals, with exploring um, my own capacities and skills and things along those lines. And it really didn't click in until um, I ended up having to pay for grad school with a small martial arts gym. So back when I was 21, I was a senior at a local university here and uh, I was working at a martial arts gym. They closed down uh, because that fellow was not necessarily the sharpest businessman. Very nice guy, but not a businessman. And he gave me the mats because I was teaching for him for free and I had nowhere to train. So I essentially put the mats down in my, my father's uh, old carpet store, old dusty carpet store. He, he let me uh, pay for the heat bill. And so long as I paid for the heat bill, I could roll out the mats in the afternoon and run classes. And that's how I started an academy. So it really began there. That was that was my uh, that was the first brick on my little entrepreneur's journey, so to speak. Nice. And at that stage, were you well and truly an established uh, mixed martial artist, or or? You know, well, I mean, not not uh, not nearly to the extent uh, today. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly. Um, a little better known at this point. Then I, I was only a blue belt. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm a black belt at this point. So a blue belt's really only one of the, the earlier phase belts. I had won a number of, of advanced divisions relatively early on, so I, I had done all right competitively in my own um, weight class, but I certainly wasn't a well-known guy, and, and, uh, and any competitive wins didn't necessarily help with the, the business endeavors. They're mm. totally uh, different skills. So back then, yeah, it was it was – just me scrapping along and, and a lot of my own training was really just with a bunch of white belts in the back of that store. And then from there, you know, as I had to pay for grad school, we moved out of the carpet store. We got a smaller space and we got a bigger space and we got an even bigger space and essentially grew that business well before I ever went online. Right. So you're, you're kind of combining your own passion for the sport, your studies at university, and then running this business about the sport to cover your studies at university. So I'm thinking there's those, those three things were the predominant parts of your early yes. life. Right. Yes, and, and very few people saw that triangulation there, but that was the intent for sure. Okay, so how does that progress? Because What were you studying in university? Yeah, so uh, uh, in undergrad, I focused on kinesiology and psychology, so body and mind, and I did my undergraduate thesis 
um, with a, a great fellow, John Sullivan, down here who was working with a lot of the D1 athletes at URI for Sports Psych. So Sports Psych was my undergrad. And then when I moved to UPenn, always fascinated with human potential, I ended up taking the, the master's in applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania under Martin Seligman, who you happen to know from from some various books and things along those lines. And I focused my studies there on skill development. So I'm a, I was a guy who was you know, a blue belt, really trying to come up in the game uh, competitively, training essentially with a bunch of newbies in a very, very small town. So the skill development thing was not only for my academic interest um, and for just personal interest, but also because I sort of needed it in order to make sure I could get better, even though I was just training with, with new fellows all the time. Mm. So, yep. So it was driving back and forth from Pennsylvania to Rhode Island while I was running the gym and, and trying to keep the roof over us. Okay. I, I'm curious though, with those studies, did you have a career path you were planning on following or did this entrepreneur thing just jump up at you and, and that looked like a way better option? Yeah, it, it sort of just jumped up at me. To be honest, before I went to grad school, one of my initial ambitions was to simply move down to Maryland, which has some very good competitive martial arts academies, and just pursue uh, world championships and just make that be my full-time pursuit, um, really throwing myself in that direction. But I decided that for me, martial arts is, is very much a microcosm of a fascination with human potential in and of itself, uh, self-understanding and, and personal capacity in and of itself. And, and those have been sort of my, my driving underlying interests. So I decided contribution-wise and, and um, life work-wise, I'd like to focus on that bigger picture uh, rather than just on martial arts. So for me, I, I, to be frank, I mean, uh, master's in applied positive psychology, uh, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily, I don't, I don't know if anybody would understand it on a resume, <laughs> nor would I ever really, nor would I ever really want to work for anybody else either. For me, it was just, I'm going to dive into this no matter how much it costs, because this is the premier institution, uh, in the world to, to understand this facet of, uh, of human potential. And when I get out, you know, my assumption was I'll get in some speaking, potentially get a book going, but push comes to shove, I will be the, the most informed fella in the in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and maybe the martial arts space in this one particular domain right. um, of skill development. So that was my aspiration. Now, we haven't timestamped this, but I know from just living in the last sort of five to ten years that MMA has just ballooned and become massive. Uh, yes. did, did you kind of take advantage of that with your business? Yeah, um, there, there was... There was certainly uh, – it, it doesn't hurt that that sport is on the up and up. Um, I think, I think it, it will continue to be on an up and up for at least the, the relatively foreseeable future. Um, so that, that certainly helped us. Uh, unfortunately, at, at least at a very lo local level, there's still only so much that that can really do. Again, we were in a town of 8,000 people. So you take the, the people in that town of 8,000 people who are even eligible or, or know what mixed martial arts is – uh, you know, it sort of still boils down to a relatively small number. Mm -hmm. So it, it was much better than nothing. Um, it, it was by no means a windfall, but I think that the fact that MMA was on people's attention allowed us to, you know, show up and search, um, and, and end up getting an initial client base. So, I mean, it, it, it certainly didn't hurt us. I can say that much, even okay. in a very small town. So was the fact that you were in a small town and teaching in real life, that's limited. You're not going to get a massive business unless you branch into other towns and open up more teaching institutes in the yeah. real world. Were you thinking that or then you, did you see the internet at this time and go, well, why don't we just take everything we do in the real world, put it online and that gives us access to a larger market? Like, 
what, what's, what's the growth plan? Why did you even, because I'm thinking you're, you graduate from your studies, you're still teaching your own uh, yes. physical training institute. It's like a what next question must have hit you at that stage, right? It does. It does. And, and to be frank, I'm, I, I love martial arts. I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And Brazilian jiu-jitsu was the first place where I've really allocated uh, myself completely to a particular task. And so I always revere uh, jiu-jitsu for that. But I did know that uh, running a brick-and-mortar academy was not going to be, per se, my life pursuit. Um, I knew I'd, I'd always be doing jiu-jitsu in some way, shape, or form. I'm not going to start getting into croquet or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but at, at the end of the day, I, I knew I'd sort of move beyond that. And honestly, the, the goal was to get into larger venture-backed endeavors um, in in uh, the startup space, in the technology space, particularly in more of emerging technology and, and uh, the real serious stuff in artificial intelligence and, and things like that that, again, ties back into human potential at, in, in sort of the farther future uh, time frame. So I, I knew that that was ultimately where I'd be, that I wouldn't be a small town, a small town business owner, that I would, I would move into the, the grander endeavors of venture-backed stuff. So, so for me, yeah, there was a big thought of that. And, and to be frank, yeah, you're right, Yara. I mean, I, it, it was either open another gym to be able to fund that transition, which is almost counterintuitive because now I got to be teaching at two different places, or it was before I unplug and sell the physical academy, which, which I did in um, May of last year there, before I unplug, let's make sure we have some income coming in. And the easiest way to, to um, build an internet business at that time, and to be honest, the, the one that sort of resonated with me was, well, I mean, I'm on the mat all day doing jujitsu. Why don't we put a camera on this stuff and have this be a side business? So when it first started, it was very much not serious, but eventually – um, became uh, a very serious endeavor, especially as we started coming closer to the sale of the business, and also when we had the the whole roof okay. incident. So yes, it, it was uh, it wasn't to, it wasn't because I thought that jujitsu internet business was my the entirety of my future, but it would be a conduit to my location independence. I know you're you're the laptop lifestyle man himself, so I know you resonate with that one. Definitely, uh, I am curious. Then, so you you got the camera out. Are you thinking let's just create a, a little video course? We'll put up a a little sales page and see if it sells. Was yeah. that where you were at? Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and, and again, initially it was very much dabbling. And, and it's, it's all the things that I tell students not to do now. Um, so <laughs> uh, I guess that's, that's, that's how it goes in the beginning. Okay. But uh, there, there wasn't that much urgency. So, in, yeah, in the very beginning it was, okay, you know, get a squeeze page, sales page. And I kind of would get sucked back into the martial arts business. But, yeah, when we did take it serious, it, really the, the way that I um, – I think it was ingrained in me very early on, and this is a thing that I think uh, I think is really important. Was that content creation? I, I never allowed myself to have sort of the writer's block equivalent of content creation. If you put a camera on me and, and we have to have something to sell, I'm not going to come up with junk. But I'll run over to the side of the room. I will write out an outline for a three-hour seminar, and I'll make sure it's detailed. I can connect the techniques. I thread together the proper concepts, whatever it is that I want to cover, and I will film for three hours straight, no, no ifs, ands, or buts, and then I'll, I, I can put together a PDF guide or whatever it is mm. about that kind of stuff just because producing was something I was sort of forced to do in university. And, uh, and, and yeah, so, so early on it was uh, we, filmed, we f essentially filmed a seminar, and, and uh, I, I did not let myself get hung up in terms of content creation. So it was really just 
you know, let's let's get three hours of seminar and, and put a camera behind it. Okay, that, and that makes sense because as a teacher in the real world, as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher, you, you are used to standing in front of a bunch of people and, and physically just, showing techniques. So I can see yeah. how that translates quite well. Um, yep. But I'm wondering the the physicality of your sport. I'm not thinking you were the kind of guy who was used to you know, setting up a WordPress blog, writing sales copy, doing an <laughs> yeah, yeah. E- you know, email newsletter, setting up a shopping cart to take payment for this product, putting it on some sort of video hosting service to deliver it, coming up with the price, all, you know, what kind of offer to make, how to get traffic to it. So how did that all piece together? Did you have help? Yeah, uh, that, that, it, you're right. I mean, it doesn't come with the territory, right? So when you get your... Uh, Did you know how to use you know, a mouse? You know, it's like yeah, I, could, exactly. I could be really exactly. cliche here. Yeah. <laughs> I knew how to use a mouse. So um, luckily, at least to some extent, Yarrow, I did have to understand some of the ins and outs. I mean, very basic stuff. To this day, if you asked me to write a lick of code, I mean, if, if, you, if you tried to get me to, to make a word bold, with just HTML, you know, with brackets and things like that, I literally would not be able to do it. But I did understand. In case you need to do it, uh, it's strong. Okay, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, I I should take some notes from you. But basically, um, I'd understand a little bit of WordPress from building a site for my martial arts gym. But you're right, the the content creation in terms of hosting actual video content on a real service, the uh, all of the facets of writing sales copy, more more advanced sales copy that was halfway decent, not just kind of descriptions of things. That wasn't entirely an entirely new world. So I, I invested a lot in myself in terms of learning those skills. Um, and, and at the same time, uh, you know, just, just dove into it. And I, I figured that my default algorithm for learning was, okay, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to find the people who are making a ton compared to me. I'm going to see what their video sales letters, their sales letters, their emails, their this, their that look like, you know, people doing seven or eight figures a year, and I'm going to essentially study, model, take notes on, and revamp uh, all the various elements of what it seems like they're doing very well, and I'm going to throw it on the wall. And then some things are going to stick and some things aren't, but worse comes to worse, I'm going to force myself to learn this game. And that, that was the approach I took. Okay. Could you get specific, specific with that? Like, um, oh, is, totally. Did you – okay, because it sounds like you're doing it all yourself, for starters. This is you personally. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so did, who did you emulate? Uh, and even because I think a lot of people listening to this, they might have a real-world business and would love to go and record something and create their first product from it but that's more daunting than anything else and I think especially to do it yourself is pretty impressive coming from a different field so I can imagine you you know hiring someone to stand there with the camera and record you and you get all that done and then you've got these digital files and it's like all right well I know I can buy a domain name I'm going to do that I'm going to buy hosting and set up WordPress you get that far and then you're thinking okay uh now what like how did you what what did you exactly do? What what domain name did you have? What product did you create and yeah. all that? I had uh, I had scienceofskill.com, okay. so scienceofskill.com, and then I, I also purchased microbjj.com, which uh which was just you know it, it stood for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for smaller people or weaker people. Um, my my niche in this space, and to some extent, is people that are you know like myself, not necessarily the the biggest, beefiest athletes out there, but really need to 
sort of understand and study the technical facets of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to be able to hold their own against bigger, stronger people. So Micro BJJ was the site. It was initially just a squeeze page. Now it has a little bit more information, a bio and other things like that. Still, still not nearly uh, you know, the fanciest website on the internet, but, but certainly does the job. Um, and uh, so I got Micro BJJ. And, and the content, again, the content was just putting a camera on what I was doing anyway. And, and I really advise this, and I like it as a strategy in terms of advising. If somebody already runs a business, there are so many opportunities to put a camera or put a microphone or have someone take notes on what you're doing all the time. And there are people that want to understand how to do that, whether it's run a flower shop, uh, uh, train horses. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a, a skill and people are willing to pay for it in any way, shape, or form, if you put a camera on it, so long as you don't do a terrible job, there's somebody that wants to be able to watch that stuff and to be able to learn it. And if you can teach mm. it well, then, then people are willing. So so uh, I did that first. And then in terms of um, distribution, it was a lot of uh, guest blogging and then eventually joint venture work that really helped us take off. So it was a basic URL, like I said, micro BJJ. Um, it was a basic seminar and then some uh, some interviews that I had transcribed. And then it was, you know, distribution as much as we could, just getting out there and fighting. What was your shopping cart? Uh, Infusion. So I still use Infusion now. Uh My my initial products, my first couple little sales were through AWeber and PayPal. Um, Obviously, just terribly limiting in so many ways. Uh, I'm a very big fan of uh, richness of a database, ability to target and sub-segment. I I sort of became – I think it was good actually, Yarrow. That I came from a town of 8,000 people because I learned that every lead must be maximized um, and that, and that I, I never took a single lead for granted. So I always like to know how much someone spent, how old they are, when they last opened emails from us, when they last purchased from, from us, what their areas of interest are, what their goals are, all those different things so that I can always craft very honed messages. So for me, I eventually transitioned to Infusion to, to let me do that. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Infusion. Uh, I am, and it's, it's reasonably daunting though. I can't imagine a you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu studio owner diving into Infusionsoft and figuring it out to be absolutely honest it's yeah yeah it was it was uh it was wild well the way i figured it out yarrow is is unfortunately the way you sort of have to figure it out which is living inside of it so um and by living inside of it i mean that was the online business but we actually had it in, implemented infusionsoft in the physical brick and mortar martial arts academy uh, okay. and as soon as i as soon as i got it so I, i'm a pretty weird guy in terms of going headlong on things. So as soon as I got Infusionsoft, I paid six grand and flew out to Sixth Division, who are sort of, uh, to this day, at least in my opinion, and and one of them is actually the brother of one of the founders of Infusionsoft. He was employee number six or employee number three or something ridiculous like that. They, They run the most premier consultancy around Infusionsoft. So I flew out there and had them help essentially build out our initial uh, martial arts academy business, so that really sort of showed me a sneak peek, looking over the shoulder of some very capable folks, and then it was just grinding it out and learning the system. Um, but uh, but now that I know it, it's it's uh, it's a language I'll never forget, and it's it's something that really has let me uh, you know do do what I do in all the various businesses that we're in now. Okay, so with the affiliates and the joint venture partners as the, the source of traffic, did you basically just ask them to send an email to the list, sending people to your sales letter? Like the micro. Yeah, so I, 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 uh, I can get I can get as in depth on this as as possible. I think a lot of this is is good take home stuff. Yeah. Uh, for for 
newer online business owners or folks that really want to be able to start a larger presence. The thing that I did, Yara, was I um, I interviewed some some bigger name athletes. So and, and it's really not all that hard. I mean, in any given niche, you can usually, if you really try, um, and and you can really send them a good a good message, uh, and, and and you're coming from the right place, you can you can get folks, even big, big name folks, on the horn to to write an article about them. You know, um, so. So in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I got a number of world champions uh, to to do interviews, and then I got in touch like, like with. Who? Oh, so uh, well, folks, uh, nobody. If anybody listening <laughs> understands who these people are, then, then uh, send me an email, and we'll uh, you know have coffee or something. But uh, Andre Galval, Kyle Terra, Hobson Mora, multi-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champions, like that. So th- those are just a couple of the okay. various names. Andre Galval being a very big one, and. Um, and so, so I interviewed those folks and then essentially reached out to a number of the magazines in this space and had said, hey, I just interviewed blank. I'd love to at least send you over a draft because I, you know, uh, we t- talked about some great stuff, including this and this and this. Is it cool if I send you something? I've always found that to be an, an excellent way to be able to at least let someone accept a draft. So that's a good foot in the door to get a yes back from an email is I just interviewed blank. And if that blank is someone that they would love to talk to themselves, then by golly, they're pretty likely to at least let you whip over a draft. So um, I, I took my time. I wrote, I wrote good content. Um, I've written for essentially all the, all the blogs have been on all the podcasts and been in all the magazines in this particular niche. But it, I started with the magazines because that was, that was credibility. So once I wrote for those magazines, and that's the way I did it, by the way, and you can do that in any niche, um, find big names, email 24 of them, you know, even if only two of them get back to you, uh, you know, record the thing and then hit up the magazines, the, the, the ones that everybody understands the names of, you know, for, for us, it's jujitsu magazine in the United States or jujitsu style out in the UK, both of whom I've done some contributing for and say, Hey, you know, I just interviewed blank. It was, it was about this, you know, recent world championship or this recent thing, you know, the more recent, the better. And, um, and I'd love to at least send over a draft. So did that. Then once I had that credibility and I still had some great interviews under my belt, I went to all the various websites. So, um, a whole number of different websites in this niche and said, um, Hey, I, I did this. I just wrote for jujitsu magazine. Can I send you a, a draft now? I mean, if I'm writing for jujitsu magazine, and, and these guys are a blog, and they don't necessarily pay their guys. They're not throwing down 200 bucks an article like the, like the magazines are or anything like that. They're likely to say, okay, kid, you're probably good enough to send me a draft, at which point you send them a draft, and so long as you don't put together junk, they let you write there too. You do that enough times, and then you ask them if you can have a login and just contribute content once a week. So for me, that was the procedure. It was get the big names, get the magazine box checked. Once the magazine box is checked, it's really hard for websites to turn you down so long as your stuff is not bad. You just say, hey, just put together a, a, you know, a couple uh, interviews for Jiu-Jitsu Magazine or you know, if, if you're growing Big Red Tomatoes, you know, yeah, just put together an interview with uh, you know, Joe Stevens of BigRedTomatoes.net about you know, XYZQRS and then you go to all those other niche websites and, and you write enough for them and then they'll actually give you a login. So I had that in my back pocket. So the way I went to the JVs was not, hey, will you please email this for me? It was Hey, um, you know, everybody and their mom probably has an email list that they can help you out with. I don't have the biggest email list in the world, but I can tell you what I have. I have an understanding of marketing uh, automation software more so than, uh, you know, 90 something percent of the folks in, in this niche and space. I'm very confident there. And at the same time, I have distribution on you know, six different, you know, at the time, maybe it was only four or six different websites. 
Um, now, now it, I, I could hypothetically probably have content on 12 within a two-week span if I really wanted to send out emails and, and, and do what we, what we did back in the scrapping days. Mm-hmm. But, but that's what I did. So to get the JVs on board, it was, okay, everybody and their mom can send out an email. What I, I can do is I, I can get an article featuring you, featuring your content that will stick up on a blog forever. And you'll get consistent, you know, trickle traffic, or you'll be able to say featured on, featured on, featured on. And that was the appeal that I took. So I couldn't have the appeal of my email list as big. I went a different route, which was an easier foot in the door. And then that let me uh, partner up with some great JVs early on. Okay, I, I that's good. Thank you for explaining that. It's um, yeah. that's a, definitely a accessible way to get yourself in the door of websites and magazines. Anybody can replicate. The bit I don't understand though is with the JVs. Yes. You you're offering to get them exposure on the sites that you now write for, but yes, that were you and and were you going to write about their products? Yeah. Right? How so, does this come back to them promoting your stuff? Yep. Well, the 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 trade is, hey, I'll write this stuff about your stuff, and then I'll get some kind of an affiliate commission there, and then you send out an email about my stuff, and then you can get a commission there. So. You know, you have an email list. I have distribution on real deal. You know, PR five websites. Um, you know, let's make a trade that mm. way. So that's the way it worked out. It was you sent to to this funnel, and and here's here's the cut I'll give you, and then I'll feature you on all these websites, and here's the cut you'll give me, and we'll make that our initial trade. So that was what I did. Interesting. So rather than sort of start out with your own hub site and build a blog and build an email list, you almost acted like a freelance journalist and leveraged that yeah, as a way. Yeah, a way to to get yep. uh, the the JVs going. That's I've never heard someone do it that way. That's interesting, Dan. Yeah, and and just so you know too, and and for the folks at home, I mean, I I, uh, I think I, it was probably geez two years before then when I had downloaded your blog PDF, uh, and and. And, and it sort of started building science of skill. So I knew that a hub site was important. I was certainly not just flittering around on other websites. I was always consistently producing content on scienceofskill.com and then also consistently linking back to that content from the 12 different blogs I was writing for. So I really aimed to make science of skill a, a hub. So this was, yes, it was freelance running around promoting for other people, but it was also a great opportunity to flicker occasional links back to my site and build its authority through some real embeddedness on, on a lot of the other blog networks in the community. So I was doing that work in the back end as well. And it, it really served double time because there's no better way um, to get really authentic links than to have great content on someone's other someone else's site that links to a related interview or some other really cool video or something on your own page. I mean, it's 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 the real deal. You know, that's that's uh, uh, as as authentic as content marketing gets. So I was doing that at the same time. And, and those site owners were okay with you linking to your own stuff in your column on their site? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I uh, uh, geez, I mean, I I think they're they're number one. I mean, there's been very few posts I've ever put up that have been blatantly promotional. Um, I'm always writing about a particular technique or an interview video or a skill development principle or something like that. And it's not a, you know, big H1 text, go to Dan's website, blah, blah. <laughs> it, it, nothing like that at all. It's, it's maybe a little uh, boilerplate at the bottom. Uh, you know, Dan Fagel is a national martial arts champion and uh, number one best-selling author in the martial arts space on Amazon. And, um, he writes on skill development at scienceofskill.com, something like that, yeah. right? Little little clip that. Or it might have been an interview. Let's say I'm interviewing a world champion, a really, really big name, multi-time world champion, and I'm writing about his principles of goal setting. Let's say a guy like Hobson Moro who's a famous eight-time world champion in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, 
it, I might also have an interview with him from maybe a year ago where he talked about similar concepts in kind of a, a different application, let's say maybe to competition. And I might mention that in the article. You know, two years ago, I was lucky enough to be able to speak with Hobson after blah, 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 blah. And it's just linking back to it. So always hyper-relevant, always very much related, always adding to the richness of the original article when possible. Um, and and uh, I've, I've never one time had someone say, get that link out of there. I mean, people, people I think get it, and then at the same time, they're happy because they don't have to chase down the world champions and write content. I do it for them. Mm. Interesting. Great tactic. Thanks, thanks for sharing that one. So uh, take us forward then. How does that – I'm assuming you start making some sales of your product – you're still running yep. your, your gym, though, at this point. When did the transition happen from – and what's with the roof falling in? What was that about? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the, again, I was, I was really building the internet uh, business uh, pretty consistently throughout December and January of uh, – December of 2012, I suppose it was. seems like way too far back to even be talking about. And then, uh, and then January 2013 – but uh, it was in February, early February 2013, that um, the roof uh, failed on, on our martial arts gym. So the roof uh, of this building, this is an old building out here in, uh, in, in the, the old U.S. of A. In Rhode Island and Massachusetts, we have a lot of old mill buildings. And they're often where these fitness spaces are held because you know, it's relatively cheap space, big open areas, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this, this segment of the building, just unfortunately enough, is the oldest segment of the the building and it was built i think before 1850 uh big rafters all this stuff and we had a foot of snow and then we had two or three days of straight rain with no breaks and uh, a foot of soggy snow ends up being a lot of weight and pressure and those beams could not deal with it so there were a lot of cracks there were a lot of uh, concave action going on with the roof um a lot of uh boards and uh roofing materials failing and we ended up having just gigantic funnels of water coming in through all sorts of different areas in our martial arts academy, um, dumping all over the place and, you know, wrecking the drywall and, uh, wrecking the equipment and, and making the carpet look terrible. And, uh, we had to rip up all the mats. It was, it was a pretty crazy time. So this is February about a year ago here as, as I'm recording this. And, uh, and that's what sort of put the throttle on, um, that, having something other than a brick and mortar facility to really be able to support myself is going to be an important thing. Um, that, that's when it, it let me know, Hey, in addition to unplugging and having kind of the laptop lifestyle thing, I, I'd like this for the financial security side of stuff too. So that's, that's when I started taking it, uh, even more seriously. Okay. So what did that mean in terms of changes? Yeah. Yeah. So what that, what that implied was, uh, really honing in on a core and particular, uh, offer of which for us is a, a particular membership program based around beating bigger and stronger opponents. So um, I, I was doing a lot of one-off onesie-twosie kind of programs, a little $17 course here, $17 course there. And we built so many little onesie-twosie programs because I was teaching so much and it was so easy to just put a camera on it. But a collection of those kind of onesie-twosie uh, products, it didn't necessarily do the job. And I really wanted to find a staple for the business, the core product of the business, and also a consistent revenue for the business. I did have some membership program stuff going on already, um, but we ended up deciding to really drive towards this program called David versus Goliath, which was a membership-oriented program. So I created a lot of different front ends, um, different uh, whether it was ebooks or interviews, I mean, it just put in a ton of work to, to put together 
a lot of different uh, video mini courses and things like that to lead people towards an initial email string that would offer that particular course. So I started honing and funneling efforts, not only in terms of guest blogging my butt off and really driving traffic from everywhere I could, uh, but at the same time, bringing on some other people to now write articles for me, get a couple other JVs and fan pages to start to fill the top of this funnel and really refine this one area of the machine to make sure that this thing could be cranking no matter what else was happening. So getting serious for me was finding that main funnel. Uh, I'm a little, you know, I kick myself today that I didn't figure out that that's what you got to do uh, earlier on. But um, when push came to shove, that that was, that was really uh, – the cornerstone of, of the business taking off was really honing in on that one particular funnel. And I can, I can go into whatever you'd like in terms of marketing automation, database marketing, because mm. that's, that's where things started to kick in. Yeah, I'd like to know about that. I'm curious, though. Did you model anyone? Because, again, you know, you're taking oh, some yeah. steps here. So who, who, All day long. Who All are you day following? Long. So, yeah. Uh, people, people that I like, I like Jermaine Griggs. I like Ryan Dice. I like um, uh, if, if you watch um, The Motley Fool. They sell investment uh, investment advice and things like that. Um, in terms of video sales letters and sales letters, really a lot of those people. Dan Kennedy as well. So uh, the kind of Glazer Kennedy folks, they have a number of their own sales pages and things like that. And I would essentially take uh, initial elements of some of their funnels, whether it was the title for a, a, uh, a free resource, whether it was the format and the – um, the timing and the layout of a video sales letter, and I would essentially plug it and play it into my business. So there's uh, microbjj.com slash David is actually the, one of the front-end videos for the David versus Goliath program, and that video sales letter is modeled off of Russell Brunson's um, video sales letter for some sort of membership program that he has. So I was watching it. I recorded it. I'll never forget. I recorded it on my iPhone while I was on my computer. I was just, I was in Subway. I think this was maybe right after or before the roof collapsed. I forget. I have a feeling it was after. And uh, I was in Subway cranking down some food before I had to teach class. I, I had Wi-Fi and, and I was watching this Russell Brunson video. I filmed it on my iPhone. And when I, and I, and before I left Subway, I already started building out the slides. And by the time the next week came around, I had the video sales letter recorded. I had that squeeze page um, up and set up, and I had uh, some some unique backend emails to be able to drive folks to the particular offer already built out. So that was one example of modeling, and I'm I'm a massively big fan of that. Mm. I've done the same thing with webinars. Done the same thing with sales letters. Uh, literally everything. I find someone who's making ten or twenty or thirty or a hundred times what I'm making, and and just follow what they're doing. Okay, so can you tell us then, and I was going to say, this, this sounds like a very traditional direct response internet marketing business using all the tools of the trade, slowly, I'm assuming you're, you know, this is, when you say all these things, you don't instantly know webinars, you don't instantly know <laughs> sales videos, there's a lot of, you know, it could, it could take a, a month to do a sales video sometimes, I think, for, for new people, so um, you're, you're, you know, doing your Kaizen there, incrementally improving. Uh, you have, must have a vision, though. So, are you seeing is this David versus Goliath? This is a, a membership site, right? Yes, yes. So, you're and based on what you said before, you're creating a lot of front end leads. So, free resources, mini courses, free videos, free training. You're yes. seeding that around the internet. In I'm assuming you're continuing with your guest article writing, but you're probably yes. doing more JVs. You're sticking it on what YouTube. Um, you're probably doing yeah, social media. Sure. 
YouTube was big for us. Right, all those sorts of things. And then it's all coming back to this one sequence of emails that sells David and Goliath, the course, the membership site. That that was yeah, that was the gist. And we do have other we did have other offerings, so I have other membership programs. Most of my front ends are for membership programs, essentially all of them basically. Okay. With a couple notable exceptions. But um but yeah, so we had some other offerings out there, but of of uh Fifty percent plus of it was driving back to this David versus Goliath um, funnel, and then uh, the other emphasis, in addition to that, really filling that up and really loading up that program and uh, finding uh, potential upsells and additional resources that people might might want and like. Um, the other aspect of building the business, in addition to partnering up with with JVs, uh, and, and I had some some pretty decent strategies for product launches and, and interaction with JVs, which I'd love to get into because I know a lot of people can learn from that. The other aspect that really helped us a ton, Yaro, was uh, understanding database marketing for our list and how to make the most of all of our past prospects, um, new, old, customer, not customer, how to continuously uh, circulate and communicate with those various sub-segments in the back of our list to make sure that they were getting stuff that A, they liked, and B, was relevant to what, what they might be um, interested in, in investing in, in, if anything at all, uh, making sure it was most relevant to them. So yes, it was that honed funnel on the front end, and I'd, I'd love to talk more about JV stuff if you'd like. And then it was really an understanding of database marketing on the back end, which really to this day is the driver of the business. Okay, there's some big subjects there, so I definitely love to talk yes. about the segmentation. That's that's not an area cool. that people usually extend to to, no, to a great deal, and the fact that you did this coming from a background of a Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher is quite impressive. Um, the JVs, as well as a traffic source and, and doing launches, that's epic. But maybe just so we don't get completely lost in in confused people as well. Of course. Um, there's usually turning points in the evolution of a business like this. Like you, you figure out one thing like, wow, okay, webinars are crazy at conversion and we've suddenly grown, gone from 5,000 a month to 15,000 a month simply adding some webinars to our sales funnel. Is there any, like, or can you sort of reflect back as you were building this whole thing out, what were the biggest turning point changes you made to the business so just I guess so there's without getting too confusing what we can think about and go all right let's test this for my business and what's the most important thing I can take away from Dan and, and apply to what I'm doing yeah yeah um so real real ahas and 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 things that that uh that clicked a ton on our end um one of them one of them was finding uh consistent consistent content partnerships with other people so I think the default mode of JV and an affiliate promotion in the online space is okay. Hey, I have a launch or I have this product, and you know, can we promote for it a little bit? Okay, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, you know, you send out a couple emails. All right, cool. Maybe I'll do something for you. All right, great. You know, maybe I'll talk to you at some point. You know, a year from now. Um, and I found that 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 sort of running around from launch to launch uh, was actually frustrating and, and maybe not all that productive in terms of really building a, a consistent relationship with, with joint venture partners and really consistently helping each other. So I ended up going to a number of the folks that I'd worked with in terms of little one-off gigs, and, and I got them on the phone, and I essentially presented to them, hey, you know, everybody else is going to be flittering around from launch to launch. I'm fine with doing that still, 
But if I could promote for you every single month in a particular way that's going to drive towards funnels that you care about and do things that are going to be helpful for you, um, you know, if you're able to do something back and we can work something out, why don't we just stay plugged in month to month? And even if it's not 15 emails from me and 15 emails from you, let's say it's you know a couple emails on your end and maybe eight blogs and a YouTube video on my end. But we'll just kind of keep that up as a pace, chug, 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 and you'll get consistent leads and consistent exposure. I'll get consistent uh, lead flow and, and consistent uh, pumps of you know 70 to 80 leads at a time into my major funnels, and we'll make that a win-win. That for me was huge and really lessened the amount of time that it was taking to be able to get other people on board because the launch strategy is you, know, you have this limited time and you have to rally everybody and then they do one thing for you and then... Uh, you have to rally them all again. So a real turning point was here's the people that are soldiers with us. We're going to be soldiers for them, and they're going to be soldiers with us. I agree to do this. They agree to do this. Bam, let's get locked and loaded. That took so much time out of the business from scrambling around and finding partnerships and, and also added such a consistent and thorough bunch of hits to the major front ends that really drive the business in terms of loading up those continuity programs without having to do internal launches all the time myself, which I still do, but it helps a lot to have, have new pumps of leads. So that was a, a, a big major turning point, and, and I, I would hope other people would be able to do something like mm. that. Again, uh, a, a good example, Yaro, um, I have a fellow by the name of uh, Steven who's one of the folks in, in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu space, and I, I do a sub-segmented uh, email for him. Um, I create eight separate blog posts uh, for him, and then I also give him a YouTube video that he can use on his channel that links back to some of my stuff so that he can get affiliate payments on that. So I do a ton of content creation for him and get him featured all over the place. And then in turn, he'll send two emails out to various funnels of mine, whether it's a skill development webinar, the David versus Goliath program, et cetera. And we just kind of have that rocking and rolling as, as a pace, you know, chugga, chugga, chug. And, and uh, it's not one one-off JV work, it's consistent every single month. And having five of those people, now, now you got a serious, uh, you know, now you got a serious faucet pouring into the business. How do you construct that though? That, that's like you're valuing, how do you value two emails in their sales funnel or their email sequence versus eight blog posts and a video that they're putting on their YouTube yeah, channel? Like, you know, it's, it sounds very uh, just, abstract. Yeah, no, it is it is it is abstract, Yara. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's sort of like like everything in business, it's it's very or many many things in business, I suppose, have a good amount of wiggle room of subjectivity. So ultimately, it's having conversations with these people. Again, the benefit that I had, and I think it's a very easy benefit to get as a newbie internet marketer, is to be the guy that can get content on various sites. Because even people that have been in the game for a long time, they, they can't or don't write. They don't have all the contacts. They certainly can't put up content very quickly. So using that as a unique leverage point was something I was able to use. But ultimately, it's about talking to the JV, saying, hey, you know, I want to find something fair. Let's, let's you and I talk. And normally, I will already have two different options in mind that I think would be fair, that I think would work out well. So when I get on the phone, I essentially explain, hey, you know, and, and, and here's what I was thinking, blah, 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 blah. And normally, that becomes the anchor point of the conversation. And then normally, people aren't throwing out entire chessboard games uh, of, of their own strategy of how they wanted to do it. They'll just kind of move the pieces around the table of what I put on the table and then they'll say, you know what? Yeah, eight eight blogs. That probably sounds good. If, if you can send me a couple of YouTube videos, that'll be great. And yeah, I'm happy to pump a couple emails out. Um, and I think this will be some good stuff to promote. So ultimately, 
it's about hashing it out with that person. But once they're locked in, you just got to deliver like a champion and then let them know that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be happy to consistently the next month, the next month, the next month, do the same thing. And then once it becomes a regimen, okay, hey, it's the beginning of the month. I'm going to do this for this guy, this for this guy, this for this guy. Boom, that can all get categorized easy. I can outsource a lot of that stuff, and then I can make sure it all gets done. And then at the same time, without me having to now go crazy and make phone calls and, hey, can you please promote my – I just know for a doggone fact, bam, 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 these emails are coming in. So it is a subjective thing. You've got to have a relationship, and you've got to really talk to the JV partner. But building consistent – I call it content partnerships because I'm producing content, so that's what I refer to it as. Um, that has been a very transformative element, especially in terms of taking away my – uh, my personal time to work on other projects outside of this business. I'm assuming these partners are slightly positioned differently to you for them to be even open to doing this, right? Like you're similar, but you're not competing directly. Um, yes. yes. No? Oddly enough, again, this, this niche is in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, there, there really aren't that many folks. So I, I suppose we might all be competing with one another a little bit, but I, but I think there's enough of an understanding that if we're helping out each other, then you know everybody's kind of competing with anybody ever anyway. But if we can both give each other fresh and new exposure, then push comes to shove, we're just taking a, a little bit more of the pie that's on the table because we're we're sort of building this magnetism between ourselves. Otherwise, you know, we're we're sort of fighting for the same folks anyway. It's very much not adversarial. Uh, lucky enough, this is a niche where many people are. Are sort of friendly, and in, in my opinion, when you talk to somebody on the phone and you, you get to know somebody, oftentimes, um, you know, even if you are quote unquote competitors, if you can kind of vibe and jive a little bit, um, you can find ways to work together. So some of them are, are you know, I might say competitors, but at the end of the day, we do have slightly different angles, and we'll just promote each other for for our slightly different angles, and just understand that you know being paired up is going to help out in the long run. I love the fact that you said you're not adversarial, but you're actually all teaching how to fight each other in a martial art. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. The irony there. Borderline <laughs> ironic. Yeah. I do realize that. I definitely do realize that. Okay. Um, that's interesting. And again, I haven't heard that as a proactive strategy talked about. I do remember there was a period for a while, I think it was Mike Fulsame actually talked about this, where you know he would look to get his product on another person's thank you page at the end of a, a product purchase or an email opt-in in exchange for the same thing. You know, you'd put your product on their page, they'd put your product on, on your page, and therefore you yeah. both got that exposure. And they were sort of like these yep. mini exchanges, but it sounds like yours is more of an ongoing, always doing some new content, always giving a new video, always doing another new email blast out for them. So it's, yep. it's kind of like a launch, like you said, mini launch, um, but it's a commitment to keep doing it because I think the great yeah. thing there is the reciprocation you're creating. It does enforce the, well, wow, this guy actually did what he said he was going to do and now I've made sales and got some new leads, so I feel indebted to do the same back, which is interesting. Definitely can see the need, though, to um, tread carefully and build the relationship because the worst thing you'd want, want to do that and then you don't convert or something like that as well for them. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm sure it's a very... Uh, a slow testing kind of process you go through to make that work. Yeah, you calibrate it. You know, you, you get a gauge for how did this month work for us. Okay, fantastic. Hey, next month moving forward, here's where I can get your stuff featured. And, uh, and if you have any new products, I'll promote that and, uh, and, and let some other folks know about these things if that's something they're interested in. And, 
you know, move forward. So if you, if you got to adjust whatever the cycle is, you can adjust it. But again, for me, it's just knowing that a single phone call a month or a single email back and forth a month is enough to get consistent email traction from somebody else. And then I can help them in a way that they literally can't get done otherwise, which is the featured content. Um, that's, that's just been, a, a, a very much one of the biggest time savers and, and, and a consistent moneymaker and lead flow for our online business in addition to the database stuff, of course. Okay. So I do want to talk about the database stuff, the segmentation and so on. But before we do that, you've, you've raised yes. a concern that I'd love to know how you solve this. This sounds like you have a heck of a lot of content creation needs. I mean, if you're writing articles for these five partners you've got, plus your own hub site, you know, blog slash content site at science of skill, yep. all these columns you're writing, which I guess sometimes you're promoting your other friends as part of the exchanges you do, but you're also yep. doing your own stuff, not to mention delivering products, getting on these webinars, constructing the slides. I haven't heard you talk about any partners. You did mention the word outsourcing once there. So I'd love to know what does your business look like today in terms of who does what? Yeah. Um, so the, 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 uh, the content creation for the most part is not necessarily my gig uh, anymore. So I have a number of folks that have trained under me personally as martial arts students. Um, they've, they've understood my, my teaching style. They've been to classes and seminars and whatever else. And if, if I'm articulating a series of, of posts that we'd need, or I send them a bunch of videos and, and have them break them down, um, they understand some of my stuff to model and they know how to write solid content and they've written for my own sites. I trust them with, uh, my material. So I have them created. And of course I look over their material too. I'm not, not having them uh, post blindly, have them send me links and whatever else. And every now and again, if there's adjustments and sub headlines or different things that we want to tweak up, we can do that. But uh, content creation article wise is done elsewhere. In terms of video, um, luckily, I just got so much filming done back in the martial arts gym owner days. I still have an external hard drive with just so much stuff on it that is not on YouTube, not anywhere else. And anytime I need things, I just sort of go to the bank and pull it out and put it up on, on YouTube if need be or give it to somebody else to put up on their channel. So video, we just saved up a big bank. And, and one of the cool things is if, if you have a membership program where a lot of your, your content is locked up, um, I'm not going to go put all that content up for free. Of course, that wouldn't be uh, – that would sort of be against, against the, the point of the membership site. It would also be going against the people that are paying for it. But if you can take a little snippet from month eight or a little snippet from month 12, you can create another YouTube video. Uh, you know, you have a four or five minute segment that might be useful. You can clip out that one little piece and plug it in. So, so I'll go back to my bank of loaded deep member program stuff, loaded uh, seminar footage that we filmed you know months and months ago, and be able to create videos. That's easy. Article wise, I have other folks doing it. And then in terms of posting the content, I have a very rigorous procedure, um, and I have screencasted recordings of how we do that on every single website that I work with. So um, I'm able to have that done as well. And a lot of the time that's actually done right here in-house. So I have a, a, a girl by the name of Kate who comes over on Mondays um, and she understands the procedure. She's solid with it. She uh, understands tagging and categories and, and linking strategies and things like that. Um, and she'll just implement. So we have a standard operating procedure uh, for how articles are written and for how they're posted and all that stuff is recorded and then it's outsourced. So even if I got 30 articles in a given month to create, which is, is honestly not all that unusual. Um, it's, it's essentially done and completed and, and I oversee, 
you know, parts of it when need be, but, but we have it outsourced pretty well. Sounds like you're, you're getting a lot of leverage from previous content you created for, for all a ton. of us. A absolute ton of, a ton of leverage from previous content. And I save everything. So we, I have all my past articles from anywhere I've ever written anything. Anything I put up on a magazine, I'll always find somewhere online that I can put it so long as that's okay with them uh, and, uh, and, things, and things like that. Uh, so, so yeah, leveraging previous content is, is positively huge. I'm, I'm not about having to step behind a camera every time I want to write an article. And there's no teams of Filipinos or anything like that in your. No, believe it or not, it's all it's it's really. I mean, I have a guy. I, I Lord knows where where that fella's from, but he does some <laughs> graphics for me uh, on Odesk. Um, actually, charges pretty pretty real deal money too. So it's not one of those. Uh, yeah, I have people working for two dollars an hour. Um, it's not really like that. And the folks that work for me, I have my right hand man Tim, who's really helped build the business uh, from the get-go and does a lot of the marketing stuff and is capable of that. I have uh, Kate, who's right here in the USA, and all my writers are folks that I know. They've been my students. They've taken classes with me. They've, you know, we've, we've beat each other up in the past. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's actually a, a very much a homegrown thing. It's not, it's not outsourced to Indonesia. It's really, uh, it, it's, it's all done right here in the Northeast with, with a small network of people who I happen to know personally. But it's cool because I get the support uh, you know, people I already know. Uh, I'm not just kind of sending money through the internet. I, I kind of like that element um, of the business. All right. Well, let's talk segmentation before we yes. hit the hour mark here, Dan. So what, what exactly do you mean by getting the most from every lead and how are you doing it? Yeah. So as I had mentioned, again, my emphasis has been making the most of every lead since I came up in the town of 8,000 people. So um, one thing that I feel as though uh, oftentimes a, an online business or even a startup business, if we're talking about, um, you know, more of the venture back side of things, but internet marketing businesses as well. In the beginning, you don't have a massive bucket of leads that you can, you can go back into time and time again. Really, it's, it's about scrambling to get those leads in the first place. I've been there. Almost everybody's been there at least once. Um, so, uh, the, the focus goes to new leads in the door, new leads in the door, new leads in the door. And sometimes there's marketing automation and they'll go through 12, 24 emails, whatever that might be. And then they end up in the general bucket list of people that maybe every now and again, you send a newsletter to when you remember to do it every four months. Um, so you fight hard to get them. They get their initial exposure to squeezes and sales and, and you know, an email sequence and, and whatever other, uh, automation you might have set up. Hopefully that's a, a rich and dense automated sequence and, and you're testing that kind of stuff, um, which is something that, that we certainly do. But then they'll end up in, in the back end and in the bucket. Um, so for me, the most important uh, thing, Yaro, and, and still I'd say, and it's a rough estimate, I got to tell you, I, I mean, I can you know hand over financials any day. It's very tough to tell precisely, but I'd say uh, it's safe to say that more than half of my business is done by uh, marketing to sub-segments. So I'll give you an example of how this would go down. Essentially, I take that list of people who are no longer getting automated messages and I figure out regimens of sending them messages both on a broad level and in a sub-targeted level. So generally right now in our standard operating procedures that I go by because I really aim to simplify and sort of Tim Ferriss this martial arts business so I can work on other other things and build in other businesses for other people and, and things like that um, is uh, – is 
we do two broad emails that go to everybody in the bucket list. So the bucket list is the people who are no longer getting autoresponders, but they did come in for martial arts of some, some kind. And those are generally a little bit more broad in terms of content. Might be a new interview, might be a new blog post, might be a general offer that could pretty much appeal to everybody. It's not too high ticket, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe a new webinar, something like that. We have two of those that will go out a week. And then we'll snipe individual sub-segments, maybe two to three individual sub-segments with two email sequences. So um, I'll take, you know, I'll give you an example. I'll take people that are over 40 years old and they're interested in escapes. I'll take people that are interested in leg locks, but they've never purchased anything. I'll take people that have spent $150 over the last 90 days and I'll send them a higher ticket offer and we'll rotate and experiment with all those sub-segments while the general list will just get those two uh, broadcasts. So nobody's getting hit eight times a week, but all the different subsegs over the course of a given month are all getting content that's hyper-tailored very, very precisely to exactly what their situation is. I use testimonials that relate to them. I use videos that's exactly up their alley. I speak to exactly who they are. You know, I, I acknowledge, hey, you haven't bought anything and you're interested in leg locks. I acknowledge, hey, you're some of my best customers. You, um, uh, you, know, you spent $150. Um, so experimenting with what that regimen is for your business, you know, if you're, if you're selling face creams, maybe two emails a week is a little much. But regardless, there's ways to find, okay, here's my general list. How often do I communicate generally? And then what are the money-making subsegments? And then what's the, rotated, uh, what's the rotated calendar and schedule of how often I'll target those various subsegments and how I will present offers to them? So developing that regimen and pumping and churning that in the back end, just churning that in the back end is as important, if not more important, than having consistent activities to drive leads on the front end. And I can go a little bit farther into how that can be applied to any other business too, but that's the gist. Okay. Uh, the, the, the question that comes up to me, and I'm sure the listener is wondering too, is how do you know such finite data about your database and how are you able to control it so you don't you know send those you know those eight emails a week or something because i know with infusionsoft you're tagging straight away yes. and i know you can look up an individual leads entry on how much they've spent with you uh, yes. and and if assuming they fill out a form that's large enough you'll know how old they are and and what they've flagged their interests in which that's is helpful true. but are you doing a lot of complex um, moving from one segment to the other in the sense that, you know, okay, when you send a broadcast, are you then saying do not send to this list because they bought this product already so you don't want to yes. get a broadcast that's already... Like, and it's That's the part I think that can be very confusing, especially with something like Infusionsoft. I'm personally using uh, Entreport, Office Autopilot, okay, and cool, yeah. um, it can do, a lot, you know, it's tagging as well, so there's all those powers available, but it's overwhelming in a lot of ways. So I think for, maybe the best question you can answer here is when you started to do segmentation, what was the first type of segmentation you did? So we can start with a beginner level. Certainly, yeah. Good default segments are, um, and there's, there's a number of them that you can work with, but, but good default segments would be how much somebody has spent in a given span of time. So X amount of dollars in 30 days, 60 days, um, you know, that that's relatively recent. Rarely I'll do 90 days, but how much they've spent in a given segment of time or how much they've spent over the course of their, their lifetime value with you. Th those are interesting segments to, to be able to parse out. If all you ever did was have a, a little tag of uh, or an understanding of who's spent 
um, you know, $50 or more with me in the last, whatever the number is for you, you got to find what's going to be relevant for your business and who, who hasn't, um, that alone is, is, uh, an element of important sub segmenting. Uh, another thing that's important is, is understanding their goals. And, and there's something that, that I do that's, that's really important for our database, adding richness to the database, um, where, where we'll, we'll sub segment people. By goal. So one thing that that for me is really important, Yaro, was initially we start off with qualitative data. So uh, what is most important for you? We, you know, why did you come to our email list? What were you looking to learn, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then we boil that down to what the major goals are of our readers. So it's it's either improvement, it's eventually becoming a teacher of martial arts and understanding sort of uh, skill development in martial arts as a from a teacher's perspective, we have many people like that. And some people want to be competitors. Those are generally the three top goals. Most people are just looking for improvement, but those are generally the three top goals. So an easy thing to do is to A, squeeze that data from folks, but then B, instead of sending a broadcast to everybody that's filled out that survey, send the same broadcast, but change the subject line in the first sentence to match whatever that particular goal is. So if, if I'm talking about a particular webinar, I, I'm not going to talk to the teachers about why it's good for competitors, um, I'm going to talk about what's in that webinar that relates to teachers. So if all I do is change the first paragraph in a three-paragraph email and I change the subject line, I send that to those three segments. That might still be a total of, let's use easy numbers, 3,000 people, but the open rates and the click rates will be uh, two times, four times what they would be if you just hit every. Everybody with the same, hey, we have a webinar and it's good for a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. So if you sent that one email to all those people, um, you know, your response wouldn't even be remotely as, as solid. So goals and money spent are very important. One way that, that I parse this data is as soon as somebody opts into any of my funnels, they are also tagged with a survey sequence tag, which will consistently email them every two weeks or so to get them to fill out a very particular survey which will give them a free video course in exchange for letting me know what the heck they want to learn about. Mm. So they select in a bunch of check boxes what their interest areas are. They pick between one of the three major goals. They pick their weight class between one of three different weight classes, uh, below 150 pounds, higher than uh, 190 pounds or right in the middle there, Um, and then a number of other little individual fields, maybe four or five fields, that's it. But then that data lets me, instead of send to, all right, let's whip this email at 5,000 people, uh, how about we change the subject line and we send it to 1,300 a pop, and now we get, you know, for example, I have an email sequence this week going out to people by uh, weight and size category. It's about um, strength and conditioning, but I tailor the subject line of the email and the first paragraph to small people, to regular size people, quote unquote. I just don't have a better <laughs> term for it. If you're a regular size person, um, and then to, to bigger folks, to people who are higher, bigger than 190 pounds. Now, that email goes to the same, let's say, 5,000 people who filled out that survey, but the open rates will be just phenomenally higher, and the click through rates will be phenomenally higher. So, getting the richness from the database. Is yes, of course, tracking and tagging with Infusionsoft or, or Entreport, which I haven't dove in as deep into. But for me, it's having a regimen that every new lead, you, don't, you can't bug them too much, but every new lead needs to be communicated with consistently and, and sort of pestered, if you will, about the major survey, your core survey. They must have that presented to them. 
every two weeks or so until that thing is filled out. And I'll use all sorts of different bribes to put it in front of them again and again and again, not too often to bother them, but enough to make that database rich. Mm -hmm. So you're asking, how do I know all this information? I know it because any new lead has to be exposed to this survey again and again and again. So that's how we make sure that we have so much information on any given right. lead. And that survey is just part of Infusionsoft's built-in ability. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a web form that we'll have them fill out. We can just email it to them very simply. Um, and again, for, for any given business, it, it's just figuring out what are those most important metrics for you. You cannot make it arbitrary. You don't want to you know, have them fill out random data you'll never use. Mm -hmm. For me, size is very important because people know me as the lightweight jujitsu guy. So size is something I have them select because people can identify with that. Major goal we found to be very important. Um, the, the, how much they've spent, I know that already from, from their buying activities and then determining what areas of jujitsu they're interested in. If they select, Hey, I'm interested in gear and equipment. Well, if I'm going to promote, let's say a grappling dummy or a gi, I don't want to bother my whole list. I'm just going to let those guys know about it. And we've sold, uh, geez, dozens of grappling dummies and, and I don't get all the money here, but they're, they're 600 bucks or maybe not dozens, probably 18 or so grappling dummies at $400, $600 a pop for one of our affiliates um, simply by targeting that sub-segment. Never would have been possible without bothering my whole list unless we knew what are the relevant subcategories, what are the relevant interests, and let's design a survey precisely around the information we need to communicate the most richly with our list. So anybody can do that. Awesome. I would love to see the survey. So where do we sign up to you know, yeah, pretend we're um, into BAGG? <laughs> Yaro, if if you'd like, I can um I can take a screenshot of the actual survey and you can throw it in the the actual blog for the podcast. I'm I'm more than happy, and I can even give you a link to the actual survey itself. So yeah, that would that would be awesome, Dan. If it, I'd love to sign up myself and just see how hard you try and get me to fill in the survey. So. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's not it's not too hard, but it's just it's just you know week number two rolls around. You get an extra email from me on a let's say a Tuesday. You know, uh, hey. I'm I'm giving away these two recorded seminars, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then uh, the, the email pops up and, and I, t I show a video clip of one of these seminars and how cool all this stuff is. And I say, hey, you know, you get the full gist of this by simply filling out this form. I mean, I'm, I can send this stuff directly to you. Um, so, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm more than happy to, to give you that link in that, that uh, survey right. as well. Is there a website we can even just to sign up for your newsletter? Like yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, for, for the martial arts business here? Yeah. Oh, I'd, let, well, I'd love to talk about the next business you have too, but let's just get that one out there. Yeah, yeah. so for, if they want to just get into the, the martial arts side of things and they're interested in what I'm up to there, um, uh, if, if you go to scienceofskill.com, there's a number of banners uh, that go to initial front-end funnels. So there's one over, over at the top right about beating bigger, stronger opponents. If you just click that, it'll take you to an updated squeeze page. We rotate that so that there's, it's often sort of stuff that we're testing and stuff we're working on. Um, but if you click that there, it'll take you to, to an initial squeeze page. And if you opt in there, you'll, you'll see sort of what the front-end funnel looks like. And then about two weeks later, you'll see what the, uh, the survey looks like. Excellent. So it does look like you, you, you also segment just based on here's an offer, join this list rather than here's my generic exactly. newsletter yep. for everything. So, of course, and I, I, I do not like generic newsletter for everything at all. Um, I, I, like to have, I like to have segmenting, and this is, this is database marketing. This applies to absolutely any business, and ultimately this is sort of the value that we bring to the table with other people that are doing this stuff, is segmenting 
for me is either done in context by where they enter their information in the first place. Is it about leg locks? Is it about beating big guys? Is it about um, escapes? Whatever it might be. And then I know how to communicate with them. Uh, and or there's also additional surveying and parsing in the back end to determine based on activities, based on form filled out, exactly what this person wants. So everything is always a data point and allows us to communicate uh, more richly to what they actually care about and want to hear about. Which leads me perfectly into what I believe you're mainly focusing on as your next project. Obviously, you're still running the whole uh, training, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training company. You now, and it's pretty clear, you know your segmentation pretty well, so you developed a, a great skill set. You are now helping others with that, am I correct? Yes, yes. So that's, that's sort of been the, uh, the bigger project now, and, and honestly, uh, it's, especially with, with phone time and the coaching level stuff, has ended up taking up a, a decent amount more time than even the, the science of skill business is really where we're focusing. Basically, when we got to a certain level in martial arts, we're sort of... Uh, the the oddball guy from a very small town who had a, a pretty uh, succinct skill set and, and decided to niche out to a particular area who all of a sudden was getting promoted all over the place and people kind of wanted to know, how did you put this together? Are you really doing this full time? Did you actually sell your real physical academy? Um, so when when that when word kind of caught on, um, we ended up at, at on Tim Reed's uh, podcast. Tim Reed is that fella out in – I think he's he might be in Australia too actually now that I think about it. Um, and, and then people heard about us through that. So it kind of caught wind and then other people wanted to know how to pull it off. So now the, my, one of my main websites for that side of, of stuff, not, not just for martial artists but for anybody who's interested in essentially teaching their expertise is firstinternetincome.com. So that's, that's our main internet marketing uh, teaching site. I've – some of my free resources up there as well as how to get in touch with us. But that's, that's been the big project now is essentially how can anybody, if they have a skill set that's worth teaching, something that they're excited to be able to potentially build a business around, whether it's financial security um, or else, um, how can they replicate similar systems, build their own database, and, and build a consistent income online? You know, I just told you we did 45 in the last 30 days or so, or, or last month, I should say, in December. Um, that's, you know, more than half of that is from simply going back to the database that we had already had and being able to cultivate a regimen and a ritual that, that really makes that productive and fruitful. And that's what we teach other people to do now. Very good. And that wasn't even the website I expected you to share. I, I was expecting your other one that you're helping oh, yeah. startups. CL <laughs> yeah, clvboost.com is, is the website where we implement uh, database marketing and marketing automation for literally any kind of company. So um, whether it's a, uh, we're, I'm doing some stuff on sort of a, a lower level with a, a t-shirt company now, a fellow who's getting into the nutrition side of things, um, and other, other various businesses. We're working, uh, mostly with startups and early stage companies in terms of implementing those strategies early on so that they have a rich database that they can use to sell any product or service. So, uh, clvboost.com is the website where we do that sort of work for pure internet marketing and getting started from scratch in terms of teaching your expertise, essentially modeling the stuff that we did in the martial arts space. That is that first internet income. So that's more for the internet marketers out there, but for, for folks that are in early stage companies and, and want to kind of get into the science, CLV Boost, which stands for Customer Lifetime Value. Uh, is is our other website too. I love looking at the design contrast here too. Your internet marketing site looks like an internet marketing page and your CLV yeah. Boost site looks like something that a more corporate environment or people used to in our corporate environment will look at and expect <laughs> to see, you know? It's funny how yeah, there's yeah. that division. 
<laughs> it, it is interesting. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm I'm not the fanciest website guy in town. Um, but uh, but at at the end of the day, you know, it, it's just just appealing to different folks. First Internet Income. We also have kind of a blog and a bunch of different free resources. So there's sort of more to uh, to make noise about. CLV Boost is, is pretty straightforward. The folks that want to learn from us and, and at least get an idea of whether or not we can help them, you know, here's how you get in touch, and that's that. It's, yeah. it's a much more straightforward kind of professional site. And then the scienceofskill.com for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is you know, a very nicely presented content site. You can see that that's, there's a lot there going on. Yeah, so, yep, yep, pretty busy A site. lot of content, a lot of, a lot of stuff in the sidebar to look at, too. I actually would recommend people go check out Science of Skill and click some of those banners and then join your list if you want to see how you're doing what you do. And exactly. then if you want to follow the, if, I guess if you're at the beginner stage, you'd go to first internet income. But if you're already established and want to learn how to segment, you go to CLV Boost. That kind of separates your different Yeah, that's, 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 a safe, that's a safe way to put it. Yeah, first internet income is really for, for more newbie internet marketers. Again, when I first started, I, I didn't have sort of a templated approach to selling expertise. And, and that's sort of our thing now. People, people don't come to us because they want fancy Facebook PPC campaigns, they come to us because they have a skill that they're passionate about um, and, and they want to be able to share it online and build a scalable business like we did in martial arts. So that's really what FII, First Internet Income, is all about. Okay. Dan, we're, we're almost at an hour 15, so that's, Goodness. Uh, that's up there for all these podcasts. I think you're what one of the longest done? in a while. Uh, but great stuff. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty clear i think right now you're running those three businesses that's where you're like i normally would end the interview asking what you're up to today but i think we just covered uh the the broad range of of things you're focused on with those three three main sites so uh i just i guess one last thing to ask you where is this all going do you have like a bigger picture goal with all this I, i do it's uh i don't know exactly uh you know it's it's a pretty deep rabbit hole but essentially my involvement in in the future is is really going to be more in emerging technology um, up in in uh, Massachusetts and and in Boston here and, and really getting in and constructing an entire consultancy around this kind of work for robotics, artificial intelligence, those kind of companies, and eventually getting more into um, investing and deeper involvement there. So I'm really working towards further. You know, I mentioned human potential is sort of what I'm most fascinated with. The real future and the science of that side of stuff is where I want to be involved as an advisor, as an investor. Um, and that's where these businesses are now carrying me. But luckily enough, I'm being able to do it by funding it with with my passion and teaching stuff that I care about. So I'm moving towards the bigger dreams, but you know, living the dream on the day to day. So it's it's a pretty solid win win. I, I we've got one minute. If you can answer one more thing, you sure. get you get up in the morning. There's a lot of stuff going on here. What did you do today, Dan? <laughs> what do you what are you? What did you do yesterday? What, what what's uh, what do you yeah. personally work on? Um, so I woke up, I, I, uh, I edited an, an essay I'm working on. I'm, I'm always, uh, aiming to get stuff into a lot of different technology and, and, and entrepreneurship sites. Now, again, this is more in the startup space, not the internet marketing space, but worked on a bunch of writing. I, I write for about 45 to an hour. I read a book on consulting by Alan Weiss for probably 30 or 40 minutes. Um, and then I went into constructing some autoresponders, um, for, uh, CLV boost uh, and then went into some work that we're prepping for for a product launch for Science of Skill for a little bit here, um, and then worked on setting up another LLC for uh, for the consulting kind of uh, work there. Had a number of d- different phone calls, um, and then ended up uh, getting on my getting on my call with you. So essentially, just sort of juggling everything is always 
always keeping a good track of week to week what my priorities are and being able to take action on that. Every, every day I write down my goals uh, before I do anything else um, based on my weekly goals, which are based on my annual and monthly stuff. Right. Uh, are you going to beat someone up later today? You know, I might, Yaro. I might. No, <laughs> actually, not, not today. It's a little, little later on, on our end. But, uh, but hopefully in, in the coming couple of weeks, I'll have another seminar and I'll get to beat up some more folks. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say. Yeah, Yaro, so. thank you so much for having me on, man. It's, it's, it was uh, you know, two years ago when I first stumbled on your site. It's more than an honor to be able to be here. So I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for sharing so much of the, the nitty-gritty detail in all this story of yours. So lots of sites for everyone to go check out who's been listening in. And uh, yeah, Dan, thank you. Good luck with the future. And I, I no doubt we'll hear more from you because this is some you know, high-tech stuff you're doing with segmentation. So I, I think it's great. Yes, indeed. Thanks again, brother. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed that truly epic interview with Dan. There was so much to take away and actually apply to your business. I took notes. I hope you did as well. Uh, If you're looking for more interviews like this, then you must subscribe to my podcast, the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, which can be found in iTunes as usual, or you can Google my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O, which will help you find the entrepreneurs-com blog, as well as all my social media channels. Everything's available simply by going to Google and typing in Y-A-R-O. I am one of the only Yaros on the internet, thankfully. I also encourage you to check out all my training products. I have a range of products to help you with your blogging business. You can find them all at ejinsider.com. In particular, if you like interviews, the EJ Insider Interviews Club is there. It's a low entry price Once a month, you'll pay a fee and then you'll get a sequence of new interviews delivered directly to your email to keep you motivated, to keep you excited, and to keep you learning. That's at ejinsider.com forward slash interviews. Again, my name is Yarrow. Thank you for listening to this podcast and I'll speak to you on an episode very, very soon. Goodbye.